Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. So Caroline, for our science topic today, uh, you were going to tell us about Australia's largest dinosaur, first of all. So uh, tell us about this great story. Okay, so you know Australia is known for its big things. Like you go around anywhere, you'll find big things like the big pineapple, big the pineapple. big avocado, there's a big uh, prawn, there's a big guitar, there's a few uh, big beer cans, there's some sheep, there's birds, you know, all right. Yeah, but even massive artwork like the giant paint silos that we've got in country Victoria yeah, now too. Exactly, yes. Yeah, it's got to so be we big. Love, we love a big thing here. So today I want to talk to you about Australia's largest dinosaur. Yes. It's a really big thing. So <laughs> it is known as the Southern Titan and it was recently just classified. So this is a new, like they have been working on it for a while, but they've just actually classified it now. So it's a really exciting thing. This is so cool. Yes, it I love is. this. So its uh, scientific name is Australotitan cooperensis, or they're calling it Cooper for short. <laughs> and this is because it was found near Cooper Creek, which is in the Cooper Basin um, west of Erramanga, south in southwest Queensland. And um, I'll tell you a few things about this dinosaur. It's pretty fascinating. So it's actually thought to be one of the top 15 largest dinosaurs in the world. So wow. Quite a big one. Um, it's a long-necked titanosaur, which a titanosaur is herbivorous. It's quadrupedal, so it walks on four legs. It belongs to the family Titanosauridae. It's a sauropod with a huge body, long neck, small head. And for all those people who used to study dinosaurs intensely as a young child, so we've been studying dinosaurs for a while, um, <laughs> it's similar to an Apatosaurus or a Diplodocus. So I was thinking, yeah, right, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Kind of herbivore so, family of dinosaur, yeah. Exactly. So you get the image you know, immediately into your head what this dinosaur could look like. As a child who bought Dinosaur Magazine every exactly. week as a, you know, when I was very young, young uh, studying dinosaurs. Yeah, that image comes straight to mind. That's very cool. Exactly, yes. And yeah, Diplodocus was my favorite dinosaur when I was a little <laughs> girl. So. Very cool. Um, and it lived about 92 to 96 million years ago. It would have weighed about 70 tons. It was about, now get this, five to six and a half meters tall. Wow. And about 25 to about 30 meters in length. So... This is a huge. We're talking, yeah, massive. Wow. We are talking very large dinosaur. So the discovery kind of all began in about 2004 when the son of the head paleontologist, her name's Robert McKenzie, and yep. she's also the head of the Eramanga Natural History Museum, and she's a field paleontologist. Um, her, her son actually found a rock reminiscent of dinosaur bones on their property, so where they actually live. So they live in the area. and. Her and her husband, Stuart, always thought that, 
you know, there could be dinosaur bones on their property. And they thought, you know what, let's start digging around. And and that's exactly what they did. So Why not? Just a lazy Sunday afternoon. I wonder if there's dinosaur bones around <laughs> exactly. here. Let's have well, a look. if you're a paleontologist and you have a hint that there could be dinosaur bones in your property, I'm sure yep. you're going to start digging. Yeah, <laughs> listen to your gut feeling and start digging, yeah. <laughs> totally. And um, so they actually started finding Cooper's remains between 2006 and 2007 when they started excavating the the bones and they actually had no idea what they were about to discover. <laughs> um, so for the last 15 years, Robin McKenzie, along with um, another paleontologist, Dr. Scott Hucknall, who mm-hmm. actually ended up scientifically describing the new species and verifying that it was a new species. And along with other paleontologists and experts from the Queensland Natural History Museum, geologists and volunteers all actually helped to excavate the bones and removing the bones um, around, you know, the sorry, the rocks around the bones because, you know, it's quite a big thing, you know, these have been stuck there for millions <laughs> of years, so you can imagine the, the amount of work. So um, Dr. Hucknall said, it's taken so long because it's a, it's a such painstaking piece of work. You've got to take the bones out of the ground, you've got to prepare the fossils, and then you've got to study them and compare them with against all other species of dinosaurs worldwide. And, you know, obviously it's impossible to carry bones around the world, you know, these <laughs> massive, you know, fossils, you know, all around the world comparing. So what and they did... let me did, just uh, jump yeah. in for a second to talk about that because I'm looking at a photo right now of Scott Hucknall and Robin McKenzie holding uh, yes. a model of the of the humerus, the fossilised humerus, and there's yes. the actual humerus there as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can't just load this on a plane and go for a flight. No, you can't. And imagine, that's just one. Now imagine yeah. a lot of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what they did to help them... Um, compare these bones, these fossils with other fossilized bones is to use a new um, kind of 3D technology. So what they did is they scan each bone and they compared them to scans of other dinosaur species in Queensland and all around the world. So, um, and what they did, why they did that is to ensure that Australotitan actually was a different species. And um, what Dr. Hucknall said is that he's he was carrying thousands of kilos of dinosaur bones in his seven kilo laptop, <laughs> you know, so that he could study them. So it's much more convenient way to it. study yeah. dinosaur bones. That's so good. So as well as finding Australotitan itself and finding, you know, discovering all these amazing facts about how large it was and, you know, when it lived and um, all of that kind of thing, is that they actually found that Australotitan cooperensis is related to three other species of dinosaurs north of Iramunga in a place called Winton in Queensland. Oh. So um, these, the other dinosaurs, one is called Winton Titan, which had big hips and long legs, um, and then two smaller sauropods, um, Dimantinosaurus, and Savannosaurus, which are both shorter and more heavy set in stature. And they think that perhaps, you know, Australotitan used to kind of, you know, they all lived in groups. These large dinosaurs kind of lived in the same area. I'm sure a large dinosaur wouldn't take so long to get to places <laughs> as us little people, you know. Maybe they were slow, but, you know, they would cover a lot of ground. Yes, so they yeah. were all living in the same kind of area. They also found other dinosaur skeletons. They found one with an almost complete tail, 
And they also discovered, which is really cool, a 100-metre-long rock shelf where all of these dinosaurs used to walk. So like a dinosaur pathway. Wow, wow. Yeah, and they found evidence of, you know, the mud being trampled, you know, footprints and all of that kind of thing. And there's other bones and all sorts of other dinosaurs in the ground It's like a a dinosaur highway. Exactly. (laughs) It's almost like the Flintstones now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, it kind of, you know, lights up your imagination, you can kind of think, wow, you know, it was such a a different landscape at the time with all these different, completely different animals that were, you know, that live to then live today. And, you know, of course, you know, as it is always in science, once you've discovered something, then you've got a whole bunch more questions to ask, you know. And um, so what happened here is, you know, I mentioned that they've also found other dinosaur skeletons. So now they're going to be studying all these other dinosaur skeletons as well. And this has really opened up the study of dinosaurs in that area of Queensland because they've never found anything, you know, before in that area of Queensland. So that is so exciting. Oh amazing yes. Australian dinosaurs. So, um, yeah, that's... Some Aussie, uh, <laughs> Aussie dinosaurs um, in the future are going to find some more now. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm just, um, pretty cool. I'm just imagining this dino highway, you know, they're walking in opposite directions every day and, you know, they walk past and they're like, hello, Sam, hello, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is exactly like that. <laughs> clocking, clocking in and clocking out of work, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that I just, yeah, I had to talk about that. Everyone loves a good dinosaur story, I think. Oh, dinosaurs are awesome, yeah. And can I say, I'm looking at a, um, a 3D model of... Of, um, of what Cooper might have looked like. Mm-hmm. And he's a very cute-looking dinosaur, too. Very you just sweet. want to give him a little pat on his head there. Yeah. yeah. Although it'd have to be on a ladder or up in yeah. a two-story building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Elon Musk's Franken-Crane, so you could just... <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, amazing stuff, eh? I can't wait to hear about more dinosaurs that we're yeah. finding in the next few years. And who doesn't love dinosaurs, to be honest? They're such a fascinating topic, and this is um, this is just a great new one to add to the like the thousands of dinosaurs that we that we love talking about. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. for us, you know, it's Australian and in our, our region of the world, so um, it's even more special. I wonder how he would have gone against a drop bear. Hmm. <laughs> um, he might have won. <laughs> <laughs> Squash. Just he'd, ne- <laughs> he'd need several drop bears to um, yeah. <laughs> take on one of those, I think. <laughs> that, that's science, people. <laughs> <laughs> totally. All right. So, um, also, you was uh, you had prepared a topic about NASA selecting two missions to Venus. So, what, what's happening there? Yes. Yeah, so, I wanted to mention this because it's really interesting. So, NASA has actually selected two missions now to study Venus. Now, we already know a few things about Venus, but we want to study more about Venus. So, let me just go over a few very interesting facts about Venus because it's an absolutely fascinating planet. You know, it's it really right is. next door. But yeah. it's so different to Earth. So it is the second planet from the sun. It's got an atmosphere of carbon dioxide. It's covered in clouds of sulfuric acid. Okay. Not really a nice place yeah, it's for a, humans. Not a nice place for a stroll, no. <laughs> no. Um, it's got this runaway greenhouse effect, making it the hottest planet in the solar system. Um, you know, all the, the heat is trapped in the atmosphere. Um, it's got a surface temperature of 475 degrees Celsius, um, which is hot enough to melt lead, just side note. Um, The surface is rusty covered and it's thought that perhaps it could be volcanically active. Um, Mm. The air pressure is 
totally soul crushing. It's 90 times the amount of pressure um, than we live here on Earth. And Venus rotates on its axis backwards. So the sun rises in the west and sets in the east. So it's a little bit different. So what you're saying is only Chuck Norris could survive there, really. No one else could. I think, yeah, I would say that's accurate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there have been other missions to Venus. I guess probably the most famous one that we all know about um, would be the one from Russia, the Mm -hmm. Venera mission, um, which contains several probes between... and. They went to Venus between 1961 and 1984. Um, Ten probes made it to the surface, but they all only lasted a short amount of time, between 23 minutes and two hours. So you can see what kind of a a mission, you know, maybe why Mm. people haven't gone there before, you know, again, because it's quite... It, it literally destroys anything that you yeah. can send over there. You're and, spending um, a lot of money to get very little in return in terms of science from, exactly. from the ground, aren't you? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but from, from the Russian missions, we have got photos of the surface just before the probes are crushed to oblivion. So, um, <laughs> you know, you can easily look those up on the internet. Um, you've got some black and white ones, and then you've got color ones, which is just yellow atmosphere. Yep. You could just see from the sulfuric acid. It's just amazing. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so the these missions, okay, so two missions, um, they're going to be launched between 2028 and 2030, so it's still a little while to wait, and then we have to wait for the probes to get there, and then yeah. we get the science, so, you know, you just have to wait a little bit, but nevertheless, very interesting. Yes. Um, we have the Da Vinci mission and the Veritas mission. So, here we go with the awesome names again, so Da Vinci <laughs> stands for Deep Atmosphere Venus investigation of noble gases and imaging. That's okay. yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, shaking my head. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> very descriptive. So what this one's going to do is plunge right through the atmosphere of Venus, hopefully get to the surface and maybe survive a little bit. And I was watching a um a press conference um from NASA, you know, talking to the to the mission leaders of this and um. They were saying that they're using similar technology to what the Russians did. So, yep. you know, but, but but bought into the future. So like to yep. to now and to our now technology. So hopefully we get a little, you know, they're able to withstand a little bit longer. We'll see, you know, um, yeah. the, the missions are, you know, the probes are encapsulated to protect everything inside and to temper- temperature control all the probes and all the analyzers and everything in there. So, um yeah, so hopefully, you know, they'll do really well. Um, yeah, it's just I'm wondering if they could build something that can withstand the pressure for a certain amount of time. That would be really cool. I I imagine it would be so difficult, but, um, you know, I, I reckon, you know, you know, why not? I give it a go. <laughs> see, <Yeah. laughs> see, see what you can get done. Yeah. Um, so what this wants to do, this um, mission aims to do, is to measure the composition of Venus's atmosphere and to discover, to investigate maybe if it ever had an ocean. They want to detect noble gases and other elements. They want mm-hmm. to try and maybe see why there is this runaway greenhouse effect in Venus. And, you know, they're going to take high-resolution pictures of geological features. They want to ask the question, are there plate technologies? tectonics on Venus. And so, yes, like I mentioned, it's going to comprise of a descent sphere and would go through the atmosphere and make all these measurements. The second mission is 
called the Veritas, which is the Venus Emissivity Radio Science Insar Topography and Spectroscopy um, <laughs> Mission. This one is going to be an orbital mission. So it's going to orbit Venus, going to have a synthetic aperture radar and chart the surface surface elevation and this is going to be cool because it's going to create um, 3D reconstructions of the topography. So we're going to get a nice surface wow. map yes, of Venus. Yeah. That, that's, that's going to be awesome. That yeah. is going to be cool. Um, so doing this, they're going to try and verify where there are the plate, whether there are the plate tectonics and if there are any vol- active volcanoes on Venus because we think there could be, but we're not 100% sure. So Basically, they want to understand more about the geological history and understand why is it different to Earth, why is the development of the planet different to how Earth developed. Yeah. Another aim is to map infrared emissions from the surface, which could help the type of rock on the surface. And they want to see if any volcanoes are releasing any water into the vapor, I mean, any vapor into the atmosphere. Um, so basically, it's a really good all-over study of Venus. I guess they have to pack as much as they can, you know. Yeah, of course, yeah. Go. Yeah, send as many instruments as you can, yeah, exactly. on, on these missions, yeah. And get all this science from Venus so we, yeah, we get a good, a better picture of Venus than we have. And, you know, this is really cool, these missions, you know, sending missions to Mars and to Venus, you know, they're our, our next-door neighbours. And they're two completely different planets to Earth. So by studying you know, Venus and Mars, you, you kind of get an idea of how Earth would have developed. And yes. then and yep. then also asking why are Venus and Mars I mean, they are a little they are, you know, in a different orbit not a different orbit, but like a different um how do you say distance, distance from yeah. the sun. That's yep. what I meant. Sorry, Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's amazing just you know, you, you just think, well, yeah, we're at this distance from the sun and we managed, we formed so that life forms, but the planets either side of us, they have all the potential, you know, they have mm-hmm. similar gases, you know, rock, hard surface and all the rest, but they do not have life as we know it on their planets. So, yeah, I just think, yeah, it's it's just amazing you know, to get all this information and do the comparisons between, you know, like you could call them cousin planets, I guess, because yeah. they're very similar. And the other good bit about doing these uh, missions too is that they want to extrapolate this data that they receive and maybe apply, apply them to exoplanets. So those are planets not in our solar system. Yep. So if we can get, you know, you can get spectrometry re- spectrometry readings from other planets and all of that kind of information, and then you can maybe kind of get more information <laughs> from what kind of planets are in our neighbouring, you know, yeah, so, I mean, they can classify planets, can't they, in this way, by, by their yes. characteristics and be able to say, oh, look, this planet that we've detected in you know, a, a solar system billions of miles away, or I'm just exactly. you know, exaggerating the distance, but yeah. it could be very much like our Venus or like our Mars or exactly. Earth-like. Yeah. So the more, the more information we get about our planets, the more information we can get about planets in other solar systems. Yeah. So, yeah, I just yeah, it's and another. And implications study. for that very long term into into humanity's history is very very interesting, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. We just need to look after our planet for as yeah, long as we can. Yeah, take care of this one so we can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so that we can do these investigations. So yeah. there Put you go. Put your rubbish in the bin, children. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, all the emissions and everything. We can easily change our planet 
you know, if we're not careful, we could turn yeah. to a Venus or a Mars. <laughs> yeah, we're you know? happy with Venus where it is right now. We don't need it right in front of us. Yeah. No, we don't. And I yeah. don't think it would be habitable for, well, ever. So. Yeah. <laughs> Except knows? for Chuck Norris, he'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. I thought they were very interesting. And yeah. uh, I, I mean... It's a long, maybe it sounds like a long way, but I just can't wait for the science that comes from those. Yeah, I mean, it'd be in our lifetime, which is awesome. So we'll, we'll get to see that. Yeah, um, just a, a last question, and you may not know the answer to this, but have any um, launch companies, rocket companies, been selected yet for these missions, or is that still too early to tell? I have not heard about that yet. but yeah, uh, I, I did, I, remember, I think, just uh, digging into my memories here, I think that Rocket Lab, the little, yes. I don't want to say little, but the awesome yep. little New Zealand company that yes. launches rockets. I think they had mentioned Venus, uh, an I... mission that was possibly on the cards, which would be just the icing on the cake for me, having them be the ones it that, l- that cool. launch something there. It's possible. I did read that they had been selected to do um, some Mars missions, so that would be awesome. Yes, um, and a moon a moon mission as well, sending something moon, to the moon. Yes. Yeah, as so, part I of mean, Art Project Artemis. Yeah. yeah, they're coming. They are up and coming company, up and coming company. I mean, yeah. we need some you know, rocket launch companies down here in the Southern Hemisphere. It's yeah. only fair. So we back them 100%. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've got dinosaurs. We need rocket companies. And, I know. Yeah. As much I want to see a I, rocket launch. <laughs> I know. As much as I, you know, dream to come to Florida one day or even Boca Chica down in Texas, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a dream holiday. Um, COVID's making that completely impossible for a little <laughs> while. So, you know, one day we'll, we'll get to go there. But if we have something down in New Zealand, um, it's more in our reach, you know. For sure. So, yeah. Great. Thank you so much for those topics, Caroline. They, they were awesome. Uh, thank you. Yeah, a lot to think about. And um, I've got articles. Um, they'll be interesting reads. So, yeah, you can have, do some more research. And, you know, I th- that's the fun about this science. I can give you the, the start and then, you know. So it, we'll share those with everyone. And why yeah. don't you tell us your love of dinosaurs? What's your favorite dinosaur? And um, what do you think about humans uh, sending probes to Venus? Let Science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com science and find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Let Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders, and thank you for listening to Let Science on StarQuest. <laughs>